majesty crucified. Majesty crucified is what Good Friday is all about. It's what we've been singing about. It's what we want to look into God's word about. And so tonight, uh, to get at this majesty, this majesty crucified, to get at what the death of Jesus Christ means for us, I want to look, I want to focus on what it meant for Jesus. What Good Friday was like for him. What it meant for Jesus uh, to be rejected, tortured, crucified. All on this first of what, almost 2,000 years of Good Fridays. You see, my hope is that the depth of the suffering of Jesus Christ will help you appreciate the depth of his love for you, his supreme love. In a world like ours that's filled with increasing terrorism, increasing danger, increasing threats and chaos, this, this Good Friday, this majesty crucified is the divine solution. But it won't be unless uh, the the depth of the reality of it impacts us uh, to such an extent that it changes, it literally changes everything about us from the inside out. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to grab your Bibles, turn on your Bibles. You can grab Bibles in the racks in front of you. We're going to put these verses on the screen if you don't have a Bible, and that's just fine. But I want you to go back to the Old Testament to a psalm, to Psalm 22. Uh, This is a psalm of David, but it's also a messianic psalm. A messianic psalm is an Old Testament psalm that points to and prophesies the coming future Messiah, the King. And what we want to do is look at a couple slices from this fascinating messianic prophecy. Let's start with verse 1, this very familiar verse. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? Now David wrote this psalm. But as you know, Jesus quotes the first half of this verse on the cross. uh, Quoting it and applying it to himself. So Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of this Davidic psalm. This is why we call this psalm messianic. But I want you to think about one word in this verse. I want you to think about the word forsaken. On the cross, Jesus Christ absorbed the wrath of God. He bore the full weight of our sin. And so on the cross, God the Father turned his back on God the Son so that he would never turn his back on us. On the cross, God the Father abandoned God the Son so that he would never ever abandon any and all who believe. Jesus became the sacrificial lamb on Good Friday so we could become beloved, forgiven children of God. 
but it meant that Jesus would be forsaken, abandoned, turned away. And here in this verse, Jesus expresses that. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now the question I want to ask is, well, what was that like for Jesus? Uh, what did he go through on Good Friday? Well, let's continue reading. Let's bounce down to verse 11. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, for there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions that tear their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones, all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd. That's a piece of broken pottery. And my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. And they pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. Now keep this last slide up, these last few verses. What we have here is remarkable because it's a mystery. It's some call it an enigma. Because when you look at verse 16 here, the writer describes his hands and feet as being pierced. Then in the next verse, in verse 17, he, he describes his frame as being so frail, so fragile, that all his bones are exposed, all his bones are on display. This didn't happen to David, the writer of this psalm. This psalm is describing an execution, not an illness. Not a difficult time. Uh, furthermore, scholars point out uh, that um, usually uh, David uh, would cry out uh, for justice, would lament the injustice of what's going on. But all the cries of justice for justice here are absent. It's as if this punishment is undeserved, undeserved, but must be submitted to. The silence of the cries for justice are deafening. Therefore, and this is my point, this psalm or, or this section of this psalm is describing Jesus Christ's death on Good Friday in his own words, majesty crucified. Words he gave to David a thousand years before his actual crucifixion. Now, I've been reading and studying the Bible for years, and I, I never really got this until recently in some of my work, some of my study. I realized that what we have here in these eight verses I just read is a depiction uh, of what Jesus' suffering and his death cost Jesus, the agony of it all, in Jesus' own words. Eight verses of it. 
So let's go back through. Let's go to the beginning. Let's look at verse 11 again. Let's start with verse 11. I just want to walk you, I want you to walk with me through this. In, in verse 11, Jesus states his utter loneliness. There is no one to help. No one to help. In his suffering and death on Good Friday, Jesus Christ became the loneliest person in human history. The one who had all the angelic armies at his disposal says, there is no one to help me. Not one. Then in the next two verses, in verses 12 and 13, uh, the bulls, uh, the roaring lions, uh, are, are metaphors. Uh, metaphors uh, telling us the assault, the hate, the, the torture by his enemies was ferocious. Steer stampeding. Or worse, uh, a picture of a lion tearing apart its prey. Then we come to verse 14, and the first half of verse 14, and Jesus says, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. This is both a, a, a description of the totality of his suffering, not just a, a bone out of joint, but all his bones head to toe out of joint. A picture of the totality of his pain and his complete and total exhaustion, defeat. And that's just the first half of verse 14. Then in the second half of verse 14, Jesus says, my heart, my heart is turned to wax. And if you have your Bible and you're following in your Bible, man, circle heart. It is melted within me. When Jesus here mentions his heart turning to wax and, and melting, what he's doing is in picturing the enormous emotional toll the pain, the agony of being separated from God, the emotional weight of being the sin bearer, the sacrificial lamb bearing your sin and, and, and my sin. His heart is dying, literally. And what that was like for Jesus, who was the only perfect human who has ever lived, it is beyond words. My heart is dying. Majesty crucified. Then in verse 15, Jesus tells us that the dehydration was fatal, total. Describes it as a potsherd that his tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth. And then in the second half of the verse, when Jesus says, or in the last line, you lay me in the dust of death, our Lord is telling us he knew he was dying. He saw it, he understood it. He felt every single second of pain. And he fully experienced the agony of the torture. 
Jesus Christ did not die in a hospital bed surrounded by family on medicine to soften the pain. He died horrifically on a cross alone. But it continues. Then in the next verse, verse 16, one verse after another, dogs and villains picture the gross injustice, this perversion of justice, the unfairness, the evil of crucifying innocence, dogs, villains. And then in the second half of verse 16, there's a spikes. They pierce my hands and my feet. Uh, pain searing through our Lord's body. With every breath, minute after minute, hour after hour. And finally, in verses 17 and 18, and this is almost uh, too much, Jesus describes the humiliation of being naked, exposed, of having his clothes taken from him and sold. This is what Good Friday was for Jesus. And reading this is like standing on holy ground. Now why is this here? Why did God include this in his word? Why do we have these words of Jesus about the death, the emotional agony, the, the torture, the physicality of Jesus suffering here in Psalm 22? And, and the answer is the depths of his suffering points to the depths of his love. So when you wonder if Jesus Christ really cares about you or, or notices you, or when you feel lonely lonely or alienated or un unappreciated, when you struggle with feeling unloved, when you wonder if there's any hope in the, this crazy world at all, I want to encourage you to return to these words, these eight verses, and stay with them and weep. We are so sinful that Jesus Christ had to die. Good Friday. But we are so loved that he was glad to die. Glad to go through each and every one of these experiences we have just read. No one, uh, no one loves you, loves me like Jesus. Here we see how much God hates sin. Here we see that Jesus Christ is treated the way we deserve so that when we believe, we can be treated the way he deserves. Jesus Christ became empty. Here in these eight verses, we see how empty so we could become full, poor. Here in these eight verses, we see how poor so we could become rich, rejected. Here we see how rejected so we could be accepted, broken, so we could be healed. No one, no one loves us like Jesus.
divine majesty crucified. Now look at one more verse. Look at the last verse in this psalm. Let's put it up, verse 31. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to the people, a people rather yet unborn, he, he has done it. Now here we discover in this final verse in this messianic psalm, the appropriate response to Christ's love. And it begins as we understand we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for others. We have a mission. And the mission has nothing to do with how we feel. It has nothing to do with whether our needs are being met or they go unmet. It has nothing to do with our background. It has nothing to do with how badly we've blown it. Our mission is to proclaim to the world God's salvation to generation after generation. This offer of redemption and righteousness and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Good Friday. But look at the last line of this psalm. Because here we discover what this message is. Here in this last line we discover that salvation, that forgiveness, that righteousness isn't something we earn, it isn't something we deserve, it isn't something that we do, it isn't something we merit or we attain. He has done it. It is something that God has done, something God has attained, something God has earned, and God does for us and then gives to us, and his name is Jesus. This last line, he has done it, is an Old Testament statement, Old Testament picture of grace. It's a prophecy, it's Jesus. David cries at the end of the psalm, he has done it. On the cross, Jesus cried out, it is finished. Uh, literally, that means the debt has been paid. It is paid in full. The two statements, David and Jesus, are the same. Two sides of the same coin. What we can't do for ourselves, God has done for us. In Jesus Christ, what we could not do because of our sin, God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and he put Christ to death on the cross, and it was awful. As Isaiah the prophet said, he was crushed. And this is the message of Good Friday. Majesty crucified. And God has done it. And so on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. The debt is paid. Your debt, my debt, the debt of our sin. And, and, and if the message of Good Friday is anything, it's a message of hope. It's a message of wonder. It's a message of love. And may this divine love so vividly and dramatically revealed on Good Friday, this forgiveness, this divine forgiveness, this incredible grace that we can't earn and we do not deserve, that comes to us at such an incredible cost. Uh, may this, may this be the most precious, the most priceless, the most beautiful thing in your life and mine. Majesty crucified. It's Good Friday. Let's pray.
So Father, we worship you. These events, this trauma, this turmoil, we have just read about. These words of Jesus about the suffering of Jesus are beyond us. Uh, they're staggering. Uh, there's a sense in which they seem irrational to me. How could this be? Why would you? No, Father, thank you that the depth of the suffering of Jesus Christ reveals the depth of the love of God in Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.